I think I'm from underground culture of Kyiv and I think it's really sophisticated. We have a wonderful nightlife, we have wonderful uh, places like galleries and events and all of this. For me, it's more interesting to be here than to be in Vancouver, where life is pretty like calm and sometimes even for myself boring. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real life, experiences, work, and personalities of Ukrainian people with a focus on the capital, Kiev, so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine, visit the country and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay in their country and build it there. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help clean the Chernobyl chemical reaction because he believed in humanity. He is a real hero for me and even though this caused him to have cancer and he stayed, you know, battling with it for more than 15 years later. He always told me so many great things about Ukraine and its people. And from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I could not return to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID-19. So this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine and its people. And thank you. Thank you all for the support. This podcast now is ranking very, very nicely. It is number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine. Top 60 travel podcasts in the UK. Top 50 travel podcasts in Italy. And top 25 in Apple, Russia. When it comes to travel, I mean, it's for the Ukrainian people, of course, in Russia who can listen and feel connected back home, as well for as Russian people hearing the voice of Ukraine and understanding with the people there. My guest today is Sonia Naboka. Sonia is now the sustainability coordinator at Tsum Kiev department store. She is an eco-activist, a content creator, a blogger, and her goal, her deep desire, is the development is to develop a more conscious and resilient culture. She lived in Canada, Israel, and now is living in Ukraine. And she has a passion for cooking, which I'm sure we will explore together, especially she loves to cook curry with tofu and meatless burgers with vegan mince. That sounds tasty and delicious. Sonia, how are you today? Hi, thank you. I'm great. And you? I am enjoying this new energy of 2021. It seems like it's going to be a great year. At least that's what I hope. And I try to make happen every day. And to you, what is the story of your life? The story that made you the Sonia of today? 
I guess uh, today's uh, the me of today is a combination of experiences of the past. Um, I guess uh, living in different countries, exploring different cultures, that's what uh, made me to be uh, the way I live today, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. And to speak about eco-activism, what was in your life or maybe in your childhood or an experience or story or movie or documentary or place that made you think, wow, I need to become an eco-activist. This is important and this should be my goal. Um, I guess it all started from reading a lot of news and um, the Western media, international media, highlighted a lot of environmental problems, especially the climate change. While in my home country, this topic was quite uh, not popular at the time. So I guess um, this influence of Western media made me, you know, pushed me to actions. And that's how I started to do eco in Ukraine. I wanted to spread the knowledge. I wanted to uh, encourage people to fight against climate change and make environmental problems like a well-known uh, you know, problem. Okay. And as a personal motive and question, why is that? does that matter to you? Of course, I understand. But to you as a person, is it that you care about the future generations or your health, you want it to be better, or you love the cold and don't want the world to be warmer? Or is it that you think that there are places that we will die as a human species if this continues? Or what is the one big reason that motivates you more than any for the ecological and climate change issue? Um. There are different reasons, uh, but the major one is um, justice. I think it's unjust. Sonia, and to ask you, you mentioned something about justice, that we inherited this earth from earlier generations who left it to us in a better condition, so we should leave it in a good condition for future generations. To you, why is that so important? Are you someone very family-oriented? Do you love children very much? Or uh, are you someone who looks to the future and imagine the world 100 years from now? Or uh, what is the most important thing to you about that? Or did you experience some injustice in life that you don't want other people to feel? Um, I guess uh, I should respond with um, the whole world is pretty unjust, right? There are many things that we should consider, like uh, poverty, uh, limited access to healthcare, all of these problems. And to add to this pile of problems, one more is gonna, you know, crush this world, make this planet even a much more difficult place. Uh, the second thing is, I'm 24 years old now, and I plan to live here quite long. And I understand that in the future, I'm going to face all of these problems. Um, and uh, another reason is, um, uh, since summer, <laughs> I have a child, and he's five months old now. And I understand that all of these 
problems going to be his reality in in coming future. So I think eco-activism is the, the small and little thing that I can do for him, for myself and for people around. Yeah, that would be my um, explanation. That's very interesting. And on a more personal note, it's, you know, having a child is a very transformative experience. Did you change as a Sonia before you were pregnant and you had a child and after? And how did it change you? How do you see the world differently? Did your work or personality or uh, goals change? And how after having a baby? Um, I guess um, I I turned into more responsible person <laughs> than before, and yeah, it's a quite quite a big change. Uh, you know, from the perspective of being a mother, you respect another human's life much more because you understand if you hurt another person, you hurt another ch- another person's child. You know, you project your vision like being a mom. You understand that uh, uh, there are, for example, uh, people in poverty. But first of all, you think about children living in poverty. When you're thinking about limited access to pure water, you think about children who have limited... Yeah, so I think now um, I'm perceiving everything around, like, from mom's perspective. That's really cool. And to ask, though... First, were you born in another part of Ukraine, maybe a small city, and you went to Kiev, or are you Kievan? And since you lived in Canada and uh, and Israel, did, for example, the life in Canada make you uh, different as a person? Because after being a mom, like you said, you became more uh, responsible, which is usually people who are more traditional or conservative because of course some moms are not so (laughs) responsible i'm not saying many but there is some it happens Mm -hmm. so i'm asking were you born in a small village or a small city or in kiev and if so how did your personality and life change after all those uh, experiences whether in canada or being a mom or living in different parts of the world um, I was born in city Lviv. Um, it's not a small city, but I guess there is less than a million of residents. It's a city on the western part of Ukraine, pretty close to Poland. Uh, but I used to live there to three years old, and my parents divorced, and my mom was constantly moving from one city to another city because of her work. So I used to live in different cities in Ukraine, and uh, when I went to the middle school, I went to England to study a bit. So I was always traveling, and I think uh, that's what made my personality. You know, I saw the life of different people in different places. So when I moved to Canada, I was pretty prepared for that. I mean, I didn't have the cultural shock, you know, when you move from Ukraine to another country. No, it was quite uh, organic for me. Um, I don't think that uh, it changed me anyhow. I just, uh, you know, I just saw the proper life uh, of Western world, which is totally different from what we have in Ukraine and had at the time. I don't think it changed me. I think it just um, enriched uh, my personality. Great. And you made sure to mention 
that you love cooking. This is fascinating because to say something, you know, I have an uncle who loves to cook. It's like a passion. He feels so happy to to be cooking. And I want to understand the mind of someone who cooks, who loves that. It's like a hobby or a passion. Well, what do you enjoy most about it? Is it the process or is it to prepare something and see other people enjoy it and find it tasty? Or is it trying food from different cultures? Or what is something about the cooking that makes it so important and enjoyable for you? Uh, thank you, Abdulaziz, for this question. Uh, I guess cooking for me is something like making experiments, like a kitchen is a laboratory. Uh, since uh, now uh, there is a big uh, popularity of vegan food, you know, because meat consumption is one of the reasons why uh, climate change uh, is coming and uh, becoming a huge problem. Um, in Ukraine, we have different options, like vegan options of meat. It's my last thing uh, that I love to experiment with. Uh, it's vegan me- means. So I make burgers, um, kebab, like <laughs> Middle Eastern food. Uh, I don't know, different types uh, of food where you can change meat to vegan meat. And of course, I like uh, to try different um, national cuisines. And my favorite is Indian. I-, I love Indian food. We don't have a lot of uh, Indian restaurants in Kiev, just like two or three. So it's really nice to know how to cook it by yourself <laughs> at home. Well, then, do you have a fascination with the Indian culture, maybe with the tradition or the Hinduism, or you love Bollywood movies, or it's just the taste and the curry and that special flavor that is really, really tasty in your palate and in your cooking? Of course, I love food. Food is uh, number one. <laughs> my connection to India, but actually, um, I'm I'm not really familiar with the culture. But um, I remember from documentaries how people in India perceive the death, and you know, in Ukraine when it's funeral, people wear black clothes. In India, I saw people wearing white, uh, as they believe that human is going to another better place Uh, i love this idea i think it's really fascinating and beautiful but actually yeah food is uh, food is food you know (laughs) um i think it's the best thing i know about india is food and people because when i lived in canada i've met a lot of people from india there yes indian people especially the sikh um, part of the religion They're one of the nicest, kindest people in the world. Then to ask you a question that is obvious, especially you as a woman and a mom who was pregnant and probably there is that pregnancy weight. How do you deal with food? Do you have a metabolism where you can eat a lot and stay thin and skinny? Or do you try to go on diets often? And how is your relationship with food? where you can love it very much, yet you try to stay in a better shape at the same time. 
Um, actually, I didn't experience any changes of body weight after giving birth. It's the same as it was before. And now I don't follow any diets as or what a health organization um, recommends breastfeeding mom to keep, you know, to eat whatever they want because uh, all the nutrients are really important. So, um, Personally, I didn't face this problem of uh, having extra weight or something, no. Okay, great. And you as a person, do you have like some book that you consider your favorite or some documentary or some movie or some theater or opera or uh, yoga or a hobby like that, that for you, that movie or book or music or uh, theater represents something in your heart that you like very much? The first thing that comes to my mind is documentary that uh, calls True Cost of Fashion. This documentary I watched in university, and I think that's um, that's the turning point in my life when I realized how uh, every every piece of fast fashion clothes is produced in third world countries in developing world, and it actually opened my mind and it's one of the reasons why I went into eco-activism and why I work as sustainability coordinator in fashion retail. This documentary, which is called True Cost of Fashion, is actually was uh, sort of life-changing for me. Yes, I understand and I can see that as one of the big inspirations for your work. Well, to ask you then, a bit more without you know going into work or anything but mm-hmm. you as a person who has a good job in Ukraine which is very good well i will ask about two things mm-hmm. one what is your advice for content creator uh, creators to structure their content so that it's uh, really like grabbing attention and it will work well for them like there are structures like aida which is attention interest desire action or maybe you have your own uh, kind of content structure that you can advise people on and for the ukrainian people who are thinking of going abroad although they're very smart because they think there are not really many good jobs in ukraine what is your advice and your method for them to go and actually find a good job so they stay in the country and they help more and help their country instead of another place? Mm -hmm. The first question was about, sorry, (laughs) Um, the first one? Content advice, content creation advice and structure. Uh, So speaking on content advice, um, you know, from my my experience, I think that people don't like uh, long reads. Information must be short, at the same time educated and entertaining. Uh, because people don't like boring things and stuff like this. So now, even if you... What I do, I have a Telegram channel where I spread all of this econ news. And every time I need to make it entertaining at the same time. And it's pretty hard to do when you speak about climate change and biodiversity loss. But that's what you try. And also, when people read or see your content... Um, they need to feel a sort of being related to it. If they're not related to it, they cannot actually, I think, follow too long. And asking the second question about my advice for Ukrainians who live abroad or want to live abroad and walk there, um, 
you should and I think even must to develop connections inside of the country because connections is the only thing that will uh, help you in different situations like I don't know finding a good doctor to finding a good work connections are like necessary for survival especially abroad uh, and I think uh, another uh, another point which I should I highlight. It's to, of course when you know when you live in another country and you by origin uh, of different nationality, you usually stick with people who are similar by nationality, right? Like Ukrainians stick to Ukrainians, Russians, people from Germany to I don't know other Europeans. But I think you should interact more with native people because that's how you. Uh, adopt yourself to the national realities you understand what's going on better so yeah that is my advice thank you and since you lived in london and you lived in uh, canada and israel can you speak about what is life in kiev what kind of city is it what is your opinion on it and what is your favorite thing about kiev as well as if you want to enjoy yourself where do you like to go? Where to explore? Okay, so if I compare Kiev to Tel Aviv or Kiev to Vancouver or to London, uh, you know, it seems like a bit of less developed. There are less things to do, I think. But it's an opportunity, a huge opportunity for people who want to start with something new. For example, I think the the big the biggest benefit of living in Ukraine is um, you can do more, you can invent more. Um, as myself, I started as a sustainability manager uh, and in Ukraine we have a big deficit uh, of this kind of professionals. So it's easier to have a job than, for example, in Vancouver where a bunch of people work in this uh, spe uh, specialty profession. Uh, speaking on uh, what do I like about Kiev? I think people, of course, people are really friendly and they, um, I don't know, they're just interesting personalities. And I myself, I think I'm from underground culture of Kiev. And I think it's really sophisticated. We have a wonderful nightlife, we have wonderful uh, places like galleries and events and all of this for me it's more interesting to be here than to be in Vancouver where life is pretty like calm and sometimes even for myself boring or in Tel Aviv where it's all um, in contrast seems like super fast and people are like really uh, too emotional you know I think uh, Ukraine is something in in the middle it's the place where everyone can find something for himself. I really love Ukraine. That's why I actually moved back to my country. Okay, now this is wonderful and juicy. Let's say someone wants to become part of that underground culture. What is your secret and advice for them to discover all those best galleries and nightlife and all those interesting places, especially to foreigners who might go to Kiev and never have uh, the possibility or chance to access there? And what are some places you can recommend, for example, galleries or restaurant or 
nightlife and how to become part of that underground? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't advise how to be a part of underground culture. I think you just you just be it, you know. There is no guide for this. But um, I don't know. If my foreign friends would ask where I would take them in Kiev, um, some places are, for example, a club on Kirillovska Street, K41. It's really close looking to Berghain in Berlin, sort of um, techno heaven, techno music heaven. Um, Raterska Street is um, is like a hipster place, you know, a lot of coffee shops, a lot of good restaurants um, and bars and galleries also. Uh, before the lockdown and COVID-19 uh, pandemic we had a nice club closer i think it was a really representative place for ukrainian underground since 2013 that's first thing that come to my mind but of course you cannot i cannot make you a guide for that (laughs) you should you should be a part of this culture this is interesting. Then another question, how are the people and their personalities, when the ones that are part of that underground, compared to the normal or average Kievan or Ukrainian person? Can you speak, what is the normal person from Kiev? What's their attitude, their personality? And what is the attitude and personality of someone in that underground culture? Uh, Abdullah, this it's really, really good question because uh, some time ago I was thinking about it. Kiev, you know, it's Ukrainian capital, and a lot of people who live there, especially like in my industry where I work, like fashion retail, people are all like running for this glamorous life, glitter and stuff, you know, uh, like insta life, uh, and being like cool all the time it's so important for them people in underground culture they don't run for these values they easier going you know they have different they're more educated in cultural aspects uh, like music movies etc they are more educated in terms of uh, contemporary art, but they don't have the show of uh, culture. That's the main difference because in Ukraine right now, a lot of people are running for this, you know, like Insta Life, which is not really cool, in my opinion. <laughs> I understand, and that's why you are part of that underground culture. So, okay, then speaking about this underground culture do you feel it's really vibrant and dynamic as dynamic as in berlin for example that you mentioned uh, in kiev the underground and is english proficiency and speaking quite high within those people or is it more focused on uh, ukrainian or russian language when you communicate together Okay, so if we compare Ukrainian underground to, to Berlin's, of course, Berlin's is sort of more developed. They have bigger electronic music scene and much bigger variety of nightclubs and stuff. So, yeah, of course, Ukrainian, you know, um, among uh, Ukrainian underground, it was a popular to call Kiev a new Berlin. So just a developing one. 
and uh, speaking on um, whether English is really common to speak in this um, group of people, right? And I think, yes, everyone knows English. I'm not sure that people are really... It's easy for them to speak. Sometimes there is, you know, a border of being shy. You, you don't have such a good vocabulary to speak freely. But they try, and I think they speak pretty good, in my opinion. And I cannot say whether they speak Russian or Ukrainian more. I guess it's 50-50. But in recent years, after the... Uh, after Ukraine started to experience Russian aggression, Ukrainian language became more popular. And even Ukrainian culture, it became more popular than before. Now we sort of preserve our traditions better than before this uh, third event of 2014. Thank you. So to end this, can you share what is your dream for the future, whether for Kiev or yourself or humanity? And if people want to communicate with you or follow you, where should they go? What links are good to be in contact with you? Um, my main dream is to live in just world where people respect each other and they have, you know, even we people cannot like every, everybody around, but at least we can respect and live more kindly. I think it's really integral because the world has so many sad things like different pandemics, cancer, climate change, and to add a hatred, like example, intercultural, is it's making this world a worse place. So I think I really dream about living in calm, peaceful, and kind society. <laughs> and speaking on... Yeah, you can uh, add me through LinkedIn. Unfortunately, I don't use Facebook or Instagram, so you cannot find me in, on these platforms, but LinkedIn is the one I use. And also I have a Telegram channel for Russian speakers. It's called Sonic uh, Talks. Uh, it's the place where I observe all e-news. Also, I write there about sustainable development in fashion retail and in design as well. Thank you. I will put your LinkedIn as well as the link for your Telegram channel in the description. It was a pleasure. I thank you very much. I wish a great year to you and to your baby and to everyone that you love. Sonia, thank you. Thank you, Abdulaziz. Thank you for inviting. It was my first time participating in podcast, so uh, I was a little bit worried. <laughs> but I hope it went well, and it was interesting to listen about my life in my Kiev city. <laughs> Thank you. It was great.